Hello, welcome to another episode of Ordinary to Extraordinary. I'm your host, Stephen Brown. Um, I actually have two guests today, Rachel Rowley and Kaylin Wilbur. We had a, I had tried to connect these two um, by text, we were all going to get coffee together and I said, screw it, let's record this. Let's talk about the things that you guys are going to chat about and it was kind of fun. So here we go, episode 151 of Ordinary to Extraordinary. That's good. <laughs> All right, so we're recording. Should I frame this a little bit? Yes, Because this is, this is one of the stranger podcasts I've done, but I think it's going to be good. I don't so, know what this is about today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the fun not part. not totally sure. So I have two guests yeah. today, two beautiful women. Um, I have Rachel Rowley, who's a previous guest, and yes. we love her, and she shared her whole story with us. Um, we might dive into some of that again today, yeah. just because you're thriving. Um, and we have Kaylin Wilbur, who's also my massage therapist and is looking to do some of the stuff that Rachel has done in terms of bodybuilding shows and things like that. So I had connected them by text and then had the thought, well, let's do a live connection in person instead of us getting coffee. Let's record it. Let's see yeah. how, how this kind of stuff works because my world revolves around putting people together and being the guy that knows a guy or being the guy that knows a girl in this case. We're going to miss you. So I'm yeah, not going to Yeah, we are going to miss you. <laughs> <laughs> Spokane will miss you. Yes. Yeah, I'll yes. still be kicking around here okay. and there. Okay. When I come back, I'll schedule an appointment with yeah. Kaylin still, hopefully. Nice. And I'm planning on being back for two and a half months in August. Cool. Uh, I coached high school soccer here mm-hmm. and want to finish the job next year. Yeah. Win yeah. a state championship or something, you know. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my. So, yeah, so these guys have never met. And I'm putting them together to kind of just see what happens and, and record. So All right. um, let's start with, you guys have met Rachel before. You want to just recap what you've been doing the last couple of years because COVID shit on everything. And COVID did what's shit on up. everything, Stephen. Um, so the last past couple of years, I've retired from group fitness, spin. Um, COVID really put a kibosh on that. Challenged my identity. I don't think I would ever walked away from spin because that's where I felt my identity lied quite a bit. So getting a huge break in COVID um, was probably one of the biggest blessings to my um, to my future self, right? So I uh, was able to take a step back and realize that um, my worthiness did not rely on being a spin instructor. And my body wasn't loving it anymore. I was getting lower back pain. So I decided to retire. I tried a different studio for a little bit just to see, and it just didn't work out for me. So that kind of put me into a situation of like, what am I going to do? I did maintain the nutrition coaching so that my business has has definitely done well. COVID high five that because everybody went through some uh, different things where they got to see what it looks like to not move, to not eat correctly. Uh, to not take care of themselves. And I think it was a big wake up call. So it definitely high five my nutrition business. Although at one time when we couldn't even get chicken at Costco, I was questioning how that was going to work, <laughs> writing meal plans for people without chicken breast. So I, uh, long story short, I'll just say that I had a guy come to me and ask me to train him. I said, I don't like personal training. I don't want to do it. And he said, please just ask, you know, the owner where you uh, train at, if she would let you train me there. And he is somebody I will 
eternally be grateful for because he got me to step out of my comfort zone, try something new, and I absolutely love it. And mm-hmm. it's um, based off my own coach, uh, Krista McNaught Davis from Go The Distance. I've been mentoring her under her essentially for six years. And uh, so it's her training style, which adds to longevity, feels good. And I love it. I love, love, love it. And it's been um, incredibly busy, which which I, I'm really thankful for. What's she training for? Because she's always in Iron swimming Man. pool or on a bike. Wait, or who is this Kristen? Krista. 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 Yeah, okay, my her? brother used to work out there. Oh, yeah. Go yeah. the distance? Yes. Oh, cool. What's and I name? think he was trained by not Krista. The other, there's another... Jacob? No, another woman. Oh, I that's don't her know. name. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, he used to work out there. That's it's so, so funny, cool. Small world. So that's where you train now. That's where I've, I've always trained there with Krista, but now I actually train clients there as well. Okay. Yes. So why did you not... Sorry, I'm going complete, to completely <laughs> interject this. Why did you not want to do personal training? I live... I had tried small group training and I took that as like, oh, this is what personal training would be like. And at the time, I loved creating these highs and lows. And this like at the union where I taught spin, I mean, you hit people with music. It was dark. It was like a rave. And there was these big highs and lows that you could do. And I thought personal training would be entirely too boring. And I didn't think I could motivate and inspire without all these added tools. Hmm. Okay. So I kind of really held myself small. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Wow. Good question. Yeah. So yeah. that's where I'm at. Cool. <laughs> all right. I uh, I never thought that you would ever doubt your personality to shine through because, I mean, that's that's the number one thing that I get from you is your personality. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. Well, yeah. no, I definitely am. I'm a human being, man. I get, I get doubts all the time. Just this last week, you know, I go through mm-hmm. that. I think the difference is, as I learned, I'm in recovery, too, uh, from alcoholism. I've learned just to suit up and show up and... Uh, you may feel a certain way, but take action first and then check in on it and see how I feel. And I will be honest when I say I love personal training more than group fitness because I'm able to actually connect with my athletes, get to know them. It's not all about me. It's like getting to know them where before in spin, it's all about me. I could never really hear back from them because mm-hmm. they're in a group and not I can't talk to them. Right. So it's been it's been very um and I only take badass boss ladies and men so that they're inspiring me while I train them. Yeah. <laughs> they're like entrepreneurs, business owners, and they're they're next leveling my game, you know. So So this might be the most sexist thing I say Do today. <laughs> but we were talking about spin. Yeah. And I have in my short but colourful life had insight into multiple studios. And it just seems like the most toxic environment. Like outwardly, everybody talks about how great it is and high five rah-rah, but then you put that many women in one place and it just becomes toxic, it seems. And they all bitch about each other and hate each other and want to control each other. And yeah, that's- In the spin world, do you think? Yeah. I didn't notice it too much at the union and nor did I at the other studio I taught at. Um, What I would say is that whenever there's a big push towards a certain group of people, that's where you can get into trouble. So if you're pushing towards a youthful crowd, the older crowd can feel left out. Um, So you kind of have to watch who you're really targeting. I mean, if you only want the youthful crowd, go after that. But I will say some feedback I have gotten from older women is that they don't feel comfortable um, if it's full of like young kids or college age, um, they're not going to go there. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I mean, I taught spin in college. I, think oh, I shared that yeah. with you before. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, <laughs> and it was called spin fit. I remember you corrected me when I talked, I talk, talked about spin fit to you because that's a brand, I guess. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. I think Pulse is the European group that does it. And I, I hated it then, but I did it because it paid well. Yeah. But now those spin memberships are freaking expensive. So you can have expensive. like five gym memberships for the price of a spin monthly. 
Really? Yeah, it's, I mean, what is it, like 150 or 200 I've a month? I honestly to do never paid classes? for a spin membership. <laughs> they use tots, I don't They're crazy expensive. Like, it's definitely. And I have no desire to really get on a spin bike too much, so. Yeah, it caters to a certain um, demographic. I'll agree sure. with that. Yeah. All right. So, your turn, Kaylin. Uh. Tell us all about you, where you've been from, current and then what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so I am, oh, I'm so bad at talking about myself. Okay, I am a massage therapist. That's how I know Steven. I have been licensed for eight years now. That's crazy. Um, I just started taking it serious about two years ago. So I started my business September 2020 during the pandemic. Oh, wow. (laughs) I actually had COVID and I was stuck in a room for 10 days. So I just launched my business through Instagram. Wow. And it took off. So that was cool. Um, Yeah, so that's what I do is my main job. Then I've always been into fitness just because I was a uh, gymnast growing up. So it's kind of just runs in your blood, I feel like, when Mm -hmm. you've been an athlete. So I joined Fit Body Boot Camp, um, fell in love with it there because of the community. And um, it kind of changed my life. I got out of some bad situations. Yeah, so now I'm there. My trainer, Chris, is super inspiring and he kind of planted a seed in my head to do a bikini competition. So at first I was like, haha, funny, not gonna do it. And then one day I was like, yeah, so when I do that bikini competition, (laughs) and so now I'm doing it. Um, So I was talking to Steven about this recently in one of our massages and he brought up your name. So I want to talk to you about That's it. That's awesome. Well, yeah. thank you. So I even talk when I'm getting a massage. I just give her the whole oh time. Oh, my. Sometimes. Wow. Wow. Sometimes. You yeah. should bring, like, the little recording in there. <laughs> or I fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, one or the <laughs> other. Do you snore? I, so when I roll over on my back, yeah. I only snore on my back. I'm a side sleeper, Same. thankfully. Yeah. But when I'm on my back, yeah. and then I'm completely relaxed, like, I wake myself up with it. Me too. So I'll just be like, <laughs> yes. and I jump out, and I'm like, how long Most have I been people. here for? <laughs> Most people do that. <laughs> Unsettling <laughs> when you're the one doing it. You're like, oh my god, what happened? Yeah, especially the last time. The last time I hadn't slept well the night before, mm-hmm. and just last week actually. And I think it probably happened like five times where I was just like, big. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And I'm startled, <laughs> but I'm really relaxed as well. <laughs> it's weird. I love it. Well, you're good then. So, um, <laughs> but I've been seeing Kayleen because I've. You talked about lower back pain. I've had serious issues here the last hmm. nine months or so. Every time I play golf, I can't finish around. Wow. Um, and we're finally getting to the root of it. And I feel good, by the way. We did two last week, and I feel good. Good, this week. okay. Good. So, yeah, so Rachel's here to give some fitness advice um, in terms of the the shows and different organizations and such. And we talked about that a little bit before. Mm-hmm. It fascinates me because when you had mentioned you were going to do it, Kaylin, I think mine was like a a, a, a tale of be careful, mm-hmm. like don't fuck with your thyroid, a lot. don't um, do not do certain things, like you will have people that say, hey, if you take this drug, this will happen for you and do this and that, and the whole world's kind of slimy with it, the whole bodybuilding world's kind of slimy and that it's never a true, and unless you're in certain organizations and you can speak to this, Rachel, where it's just not a level playing field. Right. So I have a question. What are these drugs that we're speaking <laughs> of? <laughs> like, what are it depends what on are your girls goals. taking? I mean, I know that once you get to like physique level, it's pretty obvious that there's like hormones sure. being taken, right? Yeah. But in bikini, I mean, what 
I don't know the names of them because I've never dabbled in them, but I have talked to my coach about them, and she called, they'll block certain hormones. So there's estrogen blockers. So it is hormone interjection. There's hormone interjection. Oh, wow. Which you can do on just really, if you think about whey protein isolate, you know, or carbs, you're looking to spike the insulin hormone to store energy, correct? So on an everyday basis, we, you know, hormones are at play, and there's things you can do as a natural lifter to um, trigger those hormones. Like I would definitely do creatine. I think it's a very well um, researched supplement. I think there's um, definitely supplements I would implement in they're over the counter. You know, I'm not gonna get in trouble for, for taking them. And I will say that some of these things that women are taking for enhanced are legal. They are legal. They are, you know, you're able to take them and they'll give them more of an edge essentially, but there are illegal. Mm. drugs right so or it, they call them enhanced lifters so you have natural and then you have enhanced and I don't want to judge either all I know is that enhanced athletes will normally be stealing from there tomorrow to get for today okay mm mm -hmm. said yeah you can even tell in the voice so if you're dealing yeah. with an older female or you go to a bodybuilding mm -hmm. show around here and they get up there and then they start to talk like this like you it's like a weird <laughs> I yeah think I did it no you good. can tell right away <laughs> mm -hmm. I've even gotten paranoid I'm like if my voice too deep is like people know, do they think I do something because um, I used to have a real raspy voice as a spin instructor from yelling oh, right uh, but yeah it's very unsettling I remember seeing a woman I was like whoa and then she talked on the microphone I was like whoa like, what is that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> happened there. Yeah. So the other thing is that, again, with diet, and this is Rachel's a nutritionist and takes care of all of this. So I can talk about it at high level. Mm -hmm. Like, I know how it works. Um, but at the same time, she can get into the details of it. Doesn't, isn't there also things you can do to your thyroid just with cutting certain things out and mm -hmm. having deficiencies with what you're eating, how you're eating, like, if you're only eating, for instance, broccoli, white rice, and chicken, what are you not getting that you need? Well, we have to think about that. Anytime I want to ask myself whether this is good, I will put my little puppy in the place. And I'm like, would I do this to my dog? Would I only feed him this? Would I never get him nutrients or a child? So we're trying to think if we're getting all the nutrients that we need. And when you're eating the same thing over and over and over and over and over, there's no possible way that you're meeting all of your nutrient needs. So that's where supplementation can come in as well. Whether you're taking like a multivitamin or focusing on certain things that your body does need. I will say with the thyroid, um, one thing to consider is that we do live in Spokane, Washington. And I was told by a medical professional that we do have a higher rate, probably because of Hanford. So we actually get exposed maybe to a little bit more and there is a high rate of thyroid issue here in Spokane just hmm. from where we reside. Hmm. So to take that into consideration, we tend to tilt on unhealthy thyroid activity as uh, a community. That's interesting. I'd very love to get into that. Now, I don't have any evidence to back that up, but I know this person is very wise, and I respect their opinion tremendously. And so when they said that, I was like, huh. And they're a medical professional? Mm hmm So they know the national trends, and they know local trends. Mm -hmm. That's what they're looking at. So. And if you just look in our community, I bet each of us could list off like a handful of people we know with thyroid issues. I can list a handful of yeah, people. That that's not normal. That got into bodybuilding and screwed it uh, up. I know people outside of bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there, if we're already kind of exposed because there's this natural, you know, um, tendency for our community to have these issues, then I would say don't mess with, you know, the thyroid. And if you're staying in a healthy body fat percentage, you shouldn't have to worry about it. 
but I think the issue with the bodybuilding competitions locally is that most females are going to be 10% of body fat or less, even on a bikini level. That's unheard of. Really? And women sit higher body fat percentages, men, they should. And men are getting down to three, yeah. one to 3%. I mean, it's just, it's stupid. Well, ideal for a man is less than 20, right? 18 to 20%. Like I a healthy to, male yeah. is somewhere from 12 to 16. Like that's someone that's in shape, mm -hmm. like active. Like Drew's probably 12 to 16% yeah, body fat. Yeah, he is, he's around 12, yeah. Um, and Drew is, I'm going to sound really in. Listen up, Drew. Drew is <laughs> an attractive man. Like from a Drew's body standpoint. Husband? My boyfriend. Your boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Drew, Drew's like. My studly, much younger pilot boyfriend. But he, I mean, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's mad genetics and the guy works out like a maniac. I mean, uh -huh. he trains hard. So he, he's got the full full thing going. He's got the genetics and he's got the. And he eats great. Yeah. You know, he's very healthy, very balanced. He doesn't. Um, like limit anything for himself like mm -hmm. yeah he's got a really healthy nutrition i would say yeah so sure. yeah he's probably 12 to 16 percent and most people would look at him and think that's the guy that could go on stage but he's not because the guys that are going on stage to your point like i watched i went and supported a friend and one of them i think it was missoula mm -hmm. we went to and there was this one guy on stage and he was absolutely ripped like he was in good shape and as I thought he was going to shit himself on stage <laughs> but there was nothing in him to come out yeah except he was sweating oh and I thought he was going to pass out at one point so as he's doing it it's just the tans running and everything mm. and it's like I'm like that's not good like you've you've worked really hard to get there but yeah. look at you yes like you're doing and he was cramping up he kept cramping up when he was off the stage like I'm watching him Aww. and people are rolling out his muscles and I'm Poor like, guy. Jesus, that that looks freaking miserable. Yeah, and that's actually kind of funny that you said it. it reminds me of WBFF. They don't want to see people sweating up there, so they like will not let you do the pre-pump. Mm -hmm. They're like, if we see you sweating up there, <laughs> <laughs> you're in trouble. You're not gonna win. You know, like do not yeah. do a bunch of weightlifting before you step because some of those mm -hmm. guys will pre-pump. They get real sweaty and then they'll step out on stage, and that's a big no-no with WBFF. They care about how we present ourselves up there. So you have to use a certain tan company. They come in from Australia. You have a makeup team that has done like Victoria's Secret fashion shows. I mean, to the nines, you get your hair done and you have to look a certain way and they will keep tweaking their tan so that they don't look like Oompa Loompas or um, certain things. They want you to appear classy, elegant, mm -hmm. and fit. So I have a question for you, Kaylin. Mm -hmm. what, um, what do you know about bodybuilding shows? What do you anticipate participating in like in terms of which parts would you compete in because there's wellness there's bikini what are the other ones uh figure there's fitness figure. or figure and physique yeah. Yeah. yeah we have fitness that's what i was thinking of yep so we do have oh you have we fitness do, WBFF. Okay. yeah so it's physique bikini and wellness right and figure and figure and figure okay figures so next next up after bikini got you and then physique's a real big so as a true novice, what do you think you would want to compete in? Okay, well, I know I want to compete, and I will compete in bikini. Um, and I don't really know, like, a lot about this, to be honest. I'm going in kind of blind. So I absolutely will not take any sort of um, supplement or anything like that. I'm trying to do this very healthily um, and balanced. So I'm still eating, like, I eat a ton of food every day. Yeah. So I don't plan on ever starving. My coach is amazing. He does not want us to starve or mm -hmm. go through any of that. 
but I want to win. So I'm like, is this, <laughs> am I going to win doing it like this? I guess you would have to ask yourself what I asked myself, at, at what lengths are, do you want to win? Yeah. At what lengths are you willing yeah. to go to? Right. Okay. That's a great so question. So if that's super important to you, and, and at some point, I know when I get my blinders on, being a recovering alcoholic, that's what... Um, that's what initially steered me away. I read a ton of articles about women who competed. Uh, they talked about hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism. Their thyroids were getting messed with. So you're already going to be messing with that. It, it would be the, the essence of having some kidney issues or issues with protein. And you're like, I'm going to go bodybuild, you know, which you have to eat a certain amount of protein knowing that your body isn't set up for that. So even too high amounts of protein can be detrimental no. to us. No. No. no They've okay. actually done a lot of studies and research on it. Unless you're... Um, um, what I'm saying is like if you had a problem with processing proteins or oh, you already okay. had kidney issues, uh, thanks okay. for getting that clear, it wouldn't probably be wise of you to put, right, if you right, had a right. peanut allergy and it said, well, you had to eat like a cup of peanut butter every mm -hmm. day, you probably shouldn't do that, right? So th same thing what I'm saying with our community and the issues we're already having with thyroids. These are people all over the country. You might want to be really tread lightly on what would cause that. What should you be looking for? What symptoms and signs are going to tip you off? And I think that's what the majority of the competitors do not do. They do not do the research to say, what should I be looking for? Mm -hmm. How do I know this is turning on me? Well, what I are think some a, signs? Yeah, I think a lot of us get a coach and we trust everything that they're saying. Well, right? and doctors too. And I saw this as a yeah. fitness coach, man. Like, I could tell you to do something that would break your shoulder and people would do it. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. when I would have to say, I even told a woman today, I said, I'm a 43-year-old woman who happens to be a personal trainer. When you're having pain in your body in a bad way, I won't know unless you tell me. Right. No clue. So same thing with your coach. If you're not telling them, like, hey, I'm starting to lose my hair. Or, you know, I'm starting not to be able to sleep at night. Or I'm getting these weird sweats. Or, you know, things to be kind of looking for that, you know, you might not know about. I do that with any supplementation um, regimen as well. Like if I want to, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I'm Right now I'm experimenting with DIM, which helps with estrogen balance, right? So I say, okay, how much is the dosage that they've used in research? What are the symptoms when it's gotten too far? And do your own research. Right. Be your own advocate. And if you haven't had a good track history with being an advocate for yourself and you follow, then I would highly recommend you watch the hell out. And mm -hmm. don't even step in the ring. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something else I wanted to say back to your question is um, I originally set out to do this because I'm trying to become a personal trainer. So I'm actually, oh, sorry, I keep hitting this thing. <laughs> That's I keep, violent. She's I like, I was wondering. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to transition from massage therapy more into the fitness world, become a personal trainer, all mm -hmm. of that. So my original thought was if I'm going to preach this stuff, and expect, you know, dedication from clients and all that. I have to live it first. That's brilliant. And I have mm -hmm. to know what it's like to go through this. And that's when you sent me that. Drew Manning. Yeah, that was awesome. Fit to fat to fit. Have you mm -hmm. seen, have you followed him at all? Uh-uh. He's awesome. It, yeah, he is it. awesome. So he's done it twice now where he gained like 65 pounds, got fat, and then lost it all back to lean. That's so incredible. he could know what it's like. Yeah. yeah. His clients. I love that. I think that's the amazing. Process. It's cool. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know that. Gaining 65 pounds is ever good, but... Probably not super healthy. <laughs> yeah. But, <you> know. <laughs> well, I think that's super wise of you as well. And 
it gives you street credibility, right? So yeah. one of the reasons I wanted my pro card was to be more appealing to my clients. Mm-hmm. And most of my clients, it's like you spot it, you you see it, and you want what they have, go do what they do. Mm-hmm. And so there is um, like a beautician. You don't want her to have crappy hair, right? right? Mm-hmm. Or a massage therapist that's broken. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you yeah. want to see them moving correctly yeah. and not, you know. Well, they can't massage themselves. That's true. <laughs> but you want to see that they take in that Taking pride. Taking care of themselves. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or not pride, but taking that level of self-care. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think that's really smart of you. I don't want to bash any of the organizations, but I would say, you know, know yourself. Mm -hmm. Know what to look for. Yeah. 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 And I'm young, so that's good advice. Well, I think my biggest concern, and this is what I was trying to highlight to you without making you not do it, is having the the ethos that I want to win is great, but understanding that other people are doing things to win that you're probably not prepared to do to your body. <clears throat> um, you said no supplementation and that's a nice way of saying not taking drugs and not injecting things <laughs> that you shouldn't inject, right? Um, there's no testing for that. Nobody cares about it. Literally the entire, so these local shows, the entire thing is predicated on how good do you look on the night? Mm-hmm. Are you going to get past the prelims? Are you going to be in the final group? And they don't care how you get there or what the ben- what the benefits or long-term negative effects are. They just want you to be there and look good so that they can sell tickets for their show. It's very interesting. Do you think that, like, there's no other sport that just lets you do that? Outwardly. They don't don't like you outwardly, but... Yeah, yeah. I just listened to Joe Rogan talk to a guy. His name is Derek, and his his at stuff or his website is uh, More Plates, More Dates. Mm -hmm. Um, But he, uh, (laughs) he talks really intelligently about what athletes are doing and how they're masking things and uh-huh. he he's like a steel trap brain so you should check him out as well or even just listen to him on rogan but the uh the long and the short of it is that outside of like nfl nba and high level soccer all of those athletes are some not all the athletes but in all of those sports there's a serious drive towards how can we do this and how can we mask this so like the test for things like testosterone and the test for things like estrogen and elevated levels and such. But what tends to happen is they're not testing for what's someone's baseline testosterone. What if they already have elevated testosterone and they're already, so then when they do certain things, it's going to spike a little higher or lower. Or, so it was a super interesting lesson, but yeah, Derek is his name and I can't think of his last name, but more, more plates, more dates is his stuff on Instagram and nice. Facebook and all that stuff. Hmm. I like learning about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I also heard it said like, well, that's what gets judged up is like the enhanced athletes. And um, my thing is take responsibility athletes. You know, like if you're going to if you're doing it, they have nothing to judge up. You know, if you didn't do it, they wouldn't be able to judge it. So I think everybody's playing a game they want to play. One thing I would love for you to do just some homework um, is if you know somebody's utilizing steroids especially that's where i'm noticing it say you know a trainer you run into a trainer even locally just like scroll back on their social media scroll back to where they look completely different and i've done face to face like side by side profiles for women that i know have done it and i've seen how much changes in their face they become it's it's disfigured almost like where yeah. it's like a cartoon character where they you know the villain and they get these big jaw lines right here everything on their face will actually change even where their eyebrows sit it's very odd within a matter of a year or two wow it hits mm-hmm. women so much harder and i see what happens when you it. stop taking those 
I don't know. I've never um, kind of went there. I've just like watched. I know it can enlarge your heart, my, my coach has said. Also, if your body's not meant to carry that much mass, I always like to think of it as being obese, you know, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. If your body's not meant to put that much mass on, think of overloading a truck that has an engine Absolutely. that's meant to run a certain load capacity. So even if the hearts weren't getting enlarged, you know, we have to really think about what kind of mass we are putting on our bodies and how we're wearing down our parts, yeah. organs. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I can point. talk about the effects on men. I've never done it, but for men, it basically the tissue becomes soft. So you've heard of bitch tits before. Uh-huh. Like when men stop taking any kind of... T- so men c- achieve these hyper, hyper levels of testosterone in their body, right? So whether it's straight up testosterone or just TRT that they're doing, um, if they don't do it right, they call it cycling. So they cycle on testosterone and then they have to cycle off because you can't just take it all the time or your body builds up an immunity to the, the injections, uh-huh. right? So when they're cycled on, all they want to do is lift heavy things and have sex. Like they're, they're, they're they become basically gorillas. Yeah, right. They just they want sex. They're then when they come off it, um, their balls shrink. For one, they lose all their t- their sex drive. They literally can't work. Um, like nothing happens below the waist the way it's supposed to. They all of the muscle mass that they've gained. If they don't get back on it, if they don't cycle back on, essentially it gets soft, it loses, and it, it's stored as fat, so they end up with these saggy mm. around their waist, around their boobs, um, and they're called bitch tits. So <laughs> for men, and i, I got to imagine that it somewhat mimics that with women, but women don't necessarily have the high testosterone. Yeah. Um, although testosterone is essential to women as well, but... Um, I don't imagine they get the same testosterone levels, but the fat's still going to do the same stuff, and it's going or how it's going to be stored. Yeah, right. Um, it's more than just you know adding muscle. There's always a cost to everything and a payoff. And so I think that's kind of how I measure, like, what's the payoff, what's the cost. Even HGH, like, doing shots mm-hmm. of that can be detrimental. You know, there's different natural ways to make sure you enhance what you're trying to do as a natural liver or lifter i will say this i think everybody in all organizations put the same amount of work in so i work just as hard as a bikini competitor in wbff as the girl who's doing ifb and mpc and where we change is in the cutting so the cutting phase looks different okay that's the only thing i would really say looks entirely different how so um, they're going to go way more extreme, okay. way harder, and they're going to cut way lower. So what I just showed you, I was probably at 15% body fat. I would have been required, and that was like a, mm, what was that? It was about a six to seven pound fat loss or weight loss total. Some of it probably came from muscle, but a certain percentage comes from um, fat if you do it slow enough. You don't want to go too quick with it or else you kind of take away from the muscle that you've worked so hard to build up. Mm-hmm. So you're not looking for a rapid um, but basically they will cut probably even five more percent, which would have probably been like, I don't know, the difference for me between like maybe let's say eight pounds, um, I would have had to do like 15 to 20. And to me, that wouldn't have looked good on my body. Yeah. Yeah. I think keeping that fat in the areas of the glutes, sometimes they lean out so much that they lose that fullness in their glute area because they're looking for that shredded look. Mm-hmm. So unless you, unless you go like super shredded with MPC and IFBB, like that Ashley Catwasser I just showed you, but say you're an everyday Jane like me, I'm not going to be able, you know, that's a hard lean to get. And she mm-hmm. has a lot of mat, you know, glute strength back there. Mine would look like saggy skin. 
you know, it's not going to actually hold because I don't think I can right. fill that out. Yeah. So in mine, mine looks fuller when I compete at a higher body fat percentage in the WBFF. You know, it's interesting. I, sorry, Steve. Um, <laughs> when I looked at that picture of you in the, I'm sorry, what is it? WB? WBFF, World yeah, Beauty FF. Fitness Fashion. Okay. That is like, when I first started looking into competing, I was going to do this about seven years ago when I was 20. Uh-huh. That's what bikini competitors I used know. to look like. I know. And figure, I feel like now bikini competitors look how figure used to. You're exactly so right. So it is starting to shift. I mean, I've watched it, and I don't even really know that much about it, and I've yeah. seen a shift in it. I so agree 100%. Because you look like a bikini competitor well, in that. Yeah. yeah. But the old But school. not now. Right. Like, right? Mm-hmm. So. Now they're like that crazy shred. Yeah. Where it just doesn't look right. And I was talking to my coach about wellness because in my idea, it was going <laughs> to look more like what I did. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, no, you're just fuller bottomed. And when I look, they're super shredded, too. They're like almost yeah, like wellness a figure is with a big booty. Yeah, like big legs. Big yes. Butt. Yeah. But yes. at least they've embraced that a little bit because there was an unrealistic expectation for girls that are thicker from the waist down. Like they can't shred to... It would definitely be more challenging for mm-hmm. sure. Like the push would be a lot harder, I think. Yeah. I definitely think that. And I don't think it should have to cost you your health. That's yeah. the exactly. one thing I will never do to myself again is um, as a recovering alcoholic, I've been sober 15 Can years. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Now? What do you... <laughs> Before you do that, okay, hold yeah. your thought for a sec. I did just want to give some context because yeah. there'll be people listening, talking about body fat percentages. So for women... Average is 25 to 31% body fat. Mm-hmm. Fit, a fit female is 21 to 24% body wow. fat. You guys literally carry much more than men. Mm-hmm. Um, and athletes are 14 to 20%. Correct. So then for a man, um, so for men, sorry, i got to find this. Uh, men are, um, I couldn't find it. Anyway, men are just much less than that. So we walk around, like for me, Less than 20% is good, but a, an, ath- a, an athlete male is probably 8 to 12% body fat, which is yeah. obviously much less. Yeah. And then an average m- man is maybe 15 to 20. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, so we, we, we're ex- we have a, we carry less. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to put that in there for people listening that maybe well, don't understand. Well, that makes understand. sense with breast tissue, and mm-hmm. then women have hips and glutes. Um, and we got to make babies. Yes, yeah. yes. we got to so, have that fat. And I think there's yeah. a way, I think what I've learned, and this is kind of diverting, but I've learned how to embrace my curves in the WBFF. And before then, I would stay normally around 18% body fat, so pretty shredded. This is the highest I've been, and I'm probably like 20 and so I have really just loved embracing the curves and not just going for abs. And I think so often we get focused on one body part mm-hmm. that we get dysmorphic mm-hmm. and we let, and as I've aged, right? So as I've aged, I've had to pay a lot of money for filler in my face and Botox because it'll suck from your face the leaner you stay as well. Ah. So as a female competitor, I will see women that look emaciated in their face, especially when they're aging and you're like, whoa. You know, their bodies might look real good, but it costs them so much in their facial. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, the collagen and fullness. And then they age more rapidly when they're staying that extremely lean body, mm-hmm. you know, fat percentage. So I don't think we need to add a lot, but I think just even sitting around 18 to 20 looks way better. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. All right. So I love that you're super open about being in recovery. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm intrigued to know what yeah, you're going to I... Definitely struggle with alcohol. That is so far my biggest 
struggle with all of this is not drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I struggle with it. So, and that's fairly normal. Yeah. I think it, you know (laughs) what? I I think it's alcohol is interesting because it is such an addictive drug Mm -hmm. and it's everywhere in our society. And, but because it's legal and it maybe because it makes so much money, I don't know. We don't need to go there, but it, it's not looked at as like a bad drug. Correct. And unless you're all, drunk. <laughs> unless you're drunk. But I think a lot of people probably have an issue and are not even aware of it because it's like, if you're not, you know, waking up with the shakes and you're not an alcoholic, you don't have a problem. That's late but, stage. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> right. So I thought that too, before I got sober, I was 27. I was your age when I got sober. All right. Yeah. So what happened? Uh, well, I came out of a blackout and I was in a full on rage and I've never, I was a blackout drunk. So I would forget things or I call them brownouts. I would remember blips and things. And I'd always heard about the wreckage I created when I was drinking in that state, but I actually never saw it. And uh, yeah, I came out, I went from blackout or brownout drunk, blackout I would say. It's like how you said you woke up snoring and you're like, (laughs) and it felt like that stone cold sober and saw everything my hands were doing. I was basically abusing my husband at the time. I I was trying to hit him, he was on the ground and looking at me like, why are you doing this to me? And it wasn't the first time I'd gotten violent. Um, Or, you know, I was either effing or effing, you know, fighting or effing, that was my thing. Um, And I hated who I became when I drank. And I couldn't control how much, you know, it was either I was controlling it or miserable or not controlling it and losing all control and choice. And I started really young. And so I'd had a long time with it and I didn't have to drink every day, but what really, set my drinking, which I had to come face to face with, is who I became. It was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. There's, and not everybody's like that that's a drunk, but I definitely was that type of drunk. And so just seeing it, being stone cold sober and, and coming to, seeing what I was actually doing and being present to it, hit my knees and was like, oh my God, you're like, I can't. I can't do this ever again. And I, the funniest thing is I was like, I'll never smile again. I remember just being like, oh, God, my life is over. That's how it feels, yeah, though. Yeah. You know, without, I mean, and I've gone to a couple events recently without alcohol. Yeah. And <laughs> the first one, I was talking to my coach about it, and I was almost crying knowing that I wasn't going to be able to drink. Ah. And that's a problem, right? Like, well, I, it's definitely I was like, I'm not going to be able to have fun Yeah. it. You've definitely let it um, have that power over you, yeah. I would say. Now, whether I could call you an alcoholic, there's, like, little tests you can take online and stuff. I was told, you know, um, that's late-stage alcoholism. When you're losing jobs and you're shaking and mm-hmm. you have to get up, you're, you're dying at that. I mean, right. you're always, you know, doing damage, but that's the point when your liver's shutting down. Bad stuff is happening. You can get wet brain. You know, that's all, like, really late-stage alcoholism. Beginning-stages alcoholism is, you know, even being in the question – that's a good sign to maybe look more into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen, I don't, we don't always say this publicly, but I think in today's culture we need to more as I go to AA. And, you know, normally at press, radio, and film, we keep that on the down low. But with COVID and how much they've shut everything down, I think more of us are opening up over it. Um, and not because we think it's a bad thing, but, you know, I don't want people looking to Rachel and maybe it, there's never a reason to drink one day at a time for the rest of my life. But if, say, a star did this and then they slipped, right? And then mm-hmm. I was like, well, see, it doesn't work. We don't want people to lose hope. But um, if you ever go to an AA meeting, it's it's open for anybody as long as they have the desire to stop drinking and you're super bored, it's probably not for you. But if your head's like, oh, shit, you know, like, oof, there might be. I was completely entertained. All right. I, w- I would, I would say <laughs> less <I> on alcohol. <laughs> um, I have a really interesting relationship with it because <laughs> I can take it or leave it. 
right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, when I was younger, I was like you, and that if you expect me to go to an event and not drink, it's like fuck you. Yeah. No, I'm not. It's a glass of wine. It's a bottle of beer, whatever it is. And then, honestly, I've fallen in love with the process of going to bed early, waking up early. Mm-hmm. And drinking for me now is something that I do barely. And if I do do it excessively, it's something, it's a once and an every now and again thing. Like, and I'm talking, sometimes it's a year, year and a half apart, mm-hmm. you know, where I like going, I love the taste of a bottle of Coors Light, a cold Coors Light. But I can go and have one and be done, right? Yeah, I cannot do that. And I think, <laughs> yeah, so. That's, yeah, that's a normal, that's a thing. Yeah. One of the things yeah. I've, I've learned <laughs> is that whether it's good or bad, if you're going to replace one habit, and it is habitual for you to drink, that doesn't mean you're an addict, but it's habitual for you when you're in social settings, like this is why you're struggling, is to have a drink in your hand, right? You don't remove something without replacing it with something else. So, um it can be, I know you always carry your little things like, it was eating. I actually love diet soda now. Yeah. That's okay. what I get excited about. But you used about. to always okay. have water flavor, <laughs> right? right? Like I your, did, your but that was a bag, lot. Your bum bag was yes. always like, you had you your own seasoning, you had your own. <laughs> but then there's another girl I know, Nadine Burgess, she on Spokane Gymnastics. She doesn't drink and she shows up and she pops out her water flavor and she orders whatever she's ordered and pours it and it still looks like she's got a drink so in her mind I actually it's normalizing that. something yeah i was just drinking water out of my wine glass at mm-hmm. this event or it, and it helped yeah but i water. still wanted the damn wine yeah. so what bad. do you want from the wine i guess would be my next question well so and i realized what's this it gonna give that you that night um it makes me more open mm. and it ta- breaks down the walls so it's just me having it, it'll be good for me because it forces you to get outside your comfort zone. That's absolutely I mean, and I wanted yeah. to be drinking right now, talking to you guys, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> but it's, that's how you grow, I guess. There's so nothing more exhilarating good. than living a life fully present. Yeah, absolutely. You know, or telling the truth. You yeah. know, like those are things that if you want to live an adventurous life, and I see a lot of people hiding behind alcohol because it's adventurous. Yeah, it is. You're, and they do riding. all these cool things like ride mountain bikes and shit and go on skateboards. And I'm like, <laughs> what would that look like fully present, man? What could you be experiencing if you were actually right here? Like, yeah. wow. Well, Next what, level. Where? Next level. Sex. Right. <laughs> so Incredible. I don't, don't know hey, if, <laughs> I don't know if this is the same for you, but for me, I don't keep alcohol at home. If there is alcohol at home, it stays there for literally years. Um, I don't drink at home on my own. I know a lot of people that do. When people come over to my house, I'm like, I don't have anything. For me, drinking is very much a going out and a socializing thing. I'm, eat, I'm drinking with dinner. And even now when I go to bars, I'm kind of like, eh, why are we doing this? Like, mm. she's going to bang him. That's a bad decision <laughs> waiting to happen. Um, but I do like the atmosphere, of, the atmosphere of bars as well, some bars. So... For me, I think it's how can you normalize your relationship with booze so that you can get to the point where you're like, I'm going to have a glass of wine and then I'm going to go home. Or I'm going to have a glass of wine and then I'm going to go on a soda water. So how do you find that, though? Do you drink at all? Do you let no. yourself... It's I have a physical allergy as an alcoholic. So once I begin, I can't tell you when I'm going to stop. Yeah. I might stop at three. So you can't I might stop at 24. have one, yeah. No, and it, it's not every time, but it's like playing Russian roulette with a loaded mm-hmm. gun. Mm-hmm. The, the time before I, I have that too many is just a matter of time. It's a countdown. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, I mean, I'm not to that extreme, but it's like once I drink one day, then it 
is like now I'm drinking every day for two weeks and mm-hmm. then I gotta recollect myself and like restart so yeah I but me, I think yeah. you're right Stephen I think after so long I mm-hmm. could probably find it healthier relationship I'd them. also say like what happens to your personality do you get more we call it irritable restless discontent do you get more withdrawn do you get more angry do you get we call that a dry drunk right so if we take alcohol out of the situation pay attention to see what your mental health does what does that change so I would read self-help books but I would use those self-help books to judge those around me like it wasn't like me getting better I was still trying to you know control the show yeah and you, you can tell me if I'm I'm wrong Rachel but for me, sometimes it's just the environment you're in, the people you surround yourself with. I bet the people that you were drinking with probably aren't in your life anymore, right? No, but they had no impact whether yeah. I drank or didn't drink. But I would drink at home. A lot of people so, you know. drink because of peer pressure. So they have their one drink and it's like, okay, I'm going to stop now because the car's outside kind of thing. And, oh, don't be a pussy. Yeah, don't be this right. or that. Or... or they're out and it's like, well, I'm here, I might as well, as opposed to, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be the DD and I'm not going to drink a thing. I'm going to order soda water all night. And, and again, I think looking at the results. So I think everybody can take different actions with different results. And if you feel good and full and content after that, that's one thing, right? And you're feeling better about yourself. That did not happen with me without alcohol and no other solution. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just quit or even adopt anything on my own. I tried religion, I tried physical fitness, I tried, you know, you name it, I was trying to substitute like you talk about, but a true alcoholic, it's not gonna work. Uh, It's gonna get worse, my mental uh health got worse. Um, I would always go back to drinking, whether it was like three months or not, and then I would end up in that, you know, that relationship again. So I could even give up smoking and be fine, but drinking was the same. Easy. And I was so proud of myself. One time I got shit-faced at a bar, (laughs) and I hadn't drank in forever, but I was like, guys, I didn't smoke. Like, I didn't even pay attention to the fact I just got shit-faced, you know, after not drinking for so long. I blew I blew right by that. But I was like, man, I didn't pick up a cigarette. Isn't that great? And, you know, and looking well, back, I'm like, holy shit. You but know? You're, mm-hmm. you're, in a, you're in an awesome place now because a lot of re- recovering, so I never say recovered. I always say recovering, Absolutely. It's a right? everyday choice, um, yeah. A lot of people in recovery, um, they never reach a point where they can go to bars and hang out with people. And you, I mean, you go out dancing with Drew, you go to Nashville North. Yeah. And oh, I, I mean, oh, the first time we met, we were in a bar for somebody's birthday and you kicked my ass at a scavenger hunt <laughs> and I'm still angry for it. <laughs> she actually didn't. I, I, I would have won, except I was over the time by like a minute. You were. He She's like, he got here after the time. It's been years. I was oh. like married to another person before when this oh, happened. <laughs> You should have won. I, I had think to that's wear why he invites me to be on podcast. Just, just be like, remember this? Fuck off. I hate you. <laughs> I, I had to wear a stupid hat, even though <laughs> we did. technically the won. Hat. We had everything on the we had everything on the list. Every time. And nobody else had everything on the list. <laughs> but I was a minute late. <sighs> he did this to me last time too. <laughs> Rehashed it. It's not over it. So it's it's really a fine line, you know. It's a f- addiction. Um, I always look at what are the fruits of it. So even like exploring ourselves sexually, that can turn into a dark thing where it creates wreckage in somebody's life. Um, or it can bring light and love, you know. Like it's all about what are the fruits of it, what is it creating. You could compete and the fruits of it. And you could do exactly the organizations you want to do and you come out a better you, you know. Or it can turn something on in you that you didn't see coming and you weren't prepared for and it could be a really dark time. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is we do, you know, I don't think any action, I don't think drinking's wrong, I don't think, you know, any of this is wrong. Enhanced, maybe it enhances people's lives, you know, winning these competitions. Maybe it's saving from a life of, of something different, you know, I don't know. But I would be curious, like, am I creating any wreckage in any area of my life? Is it creating wreckage in relationship, my self-care, my health? 
um, is it costing me anything and where you know where is that or is it contributing contamination right. or contribution I like that yeah that brings me to another question I okay. have for you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you should um, have like, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, okay. Um, balance. Mm. Like, that, how do you, what, you have kids, right? Well, my boyfriend does. Your boyfriend has kids. So pre-boyfriend, okay. pre-daddy, um, dating a dad, I would say. That's good because I'm in the same situation. Are you? So let's talk you about it. Yeah. kids or basically well, bonus boys, girls? Uh, yeah, bonus kids. Aww. We'll call them bonus kids. I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It is hard. Hard. Especially when you're a beautiful woman like you and me, boss ladies, and then you're not always priority. That's rough. Have you experienced that? No, I mean. Oh, you're better than me. I'm I like, know. what is this? No, <laughs> I mean, it's tough, yes. <laughs> I feel like um, sometimes, hmm, like because this fitness thing is my priority right mm -hmm, now, mm -hmm. that I'm not there enough for, you know, this relationship. Oh, in a way. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and he opposite. and he doesn't he doesn't think that, and he is so supportive and amazing. But I think it's more me, like uh, thinking that and coming up with that. So, do you? No, I don't worry about that with Drew. Um, I think what you just described there is an incredible partner that can hold space for you in your dreams, and that's really cool. That's called a power couple, right? When yeah. you're both up to what you want to like, be up yeah. to, and you don't get jealous and bitter. Mm -hmm. um, and Dad's or Drew is a dad. I mean, that's his number one beautiful. That's where he shines. He also does a lot of incredible stuff. He's become an entrepreneur himself this year, and just crushing it. So I think that's just a beautiful sign of a power couple. Honestly, I don't think. If it's creating wreckage, they'll let you know. At yeah, at right. Hopefully okay. have an open enough communication where it's like, hey, you're being kind of mean. Or, you know, I don't feel like I'm a priority at all. Like, my, I guess my best thing is, is everybody's needs getting met. That's what I've asked myself as a bonus mom. Not, I'm not priority or who's priority. I've learned is everybody's needs getting met, including Drew. Mm -hmm. You know, because mm -hmm. we all ask a lot from him. I remember you struggling with that. Like, oh. the, with him and the kids. And it's like, well, Brutal. he's always with him. Yeah. And it seems like you've found that equilibrium. Getting my Yorkie helps. Mm -hmm. um, I love that thing like it's a baby. And it helped me to see a different love. Like, oh, this is what Drew feels. Is or, he oh. a full-time dad with them? Um, he has them Tuesday through Saturday. Okay. Because for us, we have week on, week off. So oh. it's like we have a whole week together. So for we me, don't have a lot of time. I feel like we have our time. And Drew will definitely do everything he can to keep him longer if he could. So mm -hmm. that takes out adult time sometimes. Um, which so is interesting, but he's working on it. Yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> and you got a puppy. I got, got a your puppy. Own baby. I love my little baby. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't. I don't know if I answered a question you asked me, but balance. Yeah, I mean that's. It, pre, it's just pre, tough. Pre it's dating hard. a dad, much easier. I was very rigid. I could do everything on my own. I meal prepped like crazy. So I've learned a lot more about flexibility and balance since being part of a family. Mm -hmm. But I also know that nobody can make me do anything I don't want to do. So I don't blame anybody for having food choices around. I just make sure I have things I love that meet my needs because I don't eat sugar either. So I make sure that I have what I need to have around. I think as well, like the weird thing for you is you're not worried that he's not spending time with you. You're worried you're not spending time with him. <laughs> yeah. So there's I do this, yeah. There's two things there. It's first that shows that you're not self selfish, you're pretty selfless, right? You're you're worried about how he's feeling about things. Mm -hmm. But it might also be something and I might be projecting a little bit, but that might be a projecting projection from a unstable, insecure guy that you might have been with before. 
Definitely. So, <laughs> and it's you hit kinda, that spot on. You yeah. almost have to purge that shit, yes. right? And, yeah. and not worry about it until he yeah. comes to you and yeah. says, hey, here's my issue. Because mm-hmm. um, I've been there where women have projected shit on me and I'm like, wait, do you think I'm doing that? No, but this is what he did and this is mm-hmm. five years ago. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I can't account for... I'm not here to reconcile for somebody else. I'm doing me kind of thing, right? So this is the first healthy relationship I've ever been in. (laughs) So it's you know I you pull from the past and Mm -hmm. yeah definitely. I mean you're like waiting for the bomb to hit. Sure, there's no bomb. There's no bomb coming. It's fine. (laughs) So so you're both kind of in the same situation that you guys don't have kids. But what I would say from that is a lot of people look at kids and previous relationships as baggage. But as long as that person's come out of it in a healthier place and they've left for the right reasons and now they're looking to still thrive, I think that can be healthier mm-hmm. than meeting someone with no quote-unquote baggage. Oh, I love the boys. I actually, um, it was really eye-opening to me when their mom took them on a week-long trip. And I was like, really got really clear that our relationship would not be as fun as mm-hmm. like, uh, it wouldn't hit as much for me without the boys. So I love Drew, and I would still probably be dating him, but I'm like, we would have gotten bored really quick. Mm. Um, but the kids bring an extra level they of fun. Do. They, they do. They really do. Yeah. Well, Organized chaos is what it is. <laughs> when, when, so Drew's also a pilot, so when, like, small planes. Did he ever finish his other license? I know he had to do some Still working on it. He okay. had some change in his career, so he's been, like, hustling hard. So, so when they don't have the kids, they just get in the airplane and bugger off somewhere. <laughs> That's or amazing. he takes me out dancing at National North yeah. on Saturday night. Cute. Yes, super yeah. fun. I don't know how you guys would get bored. Well, we get busy and we get tired, so we're both hustling pretty good, and so there's just days where we want to order in sushi and lay back and watch Netflix. And you two are 100% living together now. Like You don't go to the mm-hmm. tiny house anymore? I'm fully airbnb that out. My ex and I are business partners with a tiny home that we have, and we airbnb that out all the time. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. How old are your uh, kids? Uh, my kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she just squirmed. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, no, I love them. But, um, oh my gosh, I'm s- I keep doing that. Sorry. Four. Oh. Six. Wow. No, four, five, and ten. Oh my gosh. I really hope I got that right. <laughs> four, How five, old were they when you came into the picture? I have only been in the picture for like six months. It's, this is very new for me. So I bet the, the four and the five-year-old... Four and five, you say? Mm-hmm. I bet they're really attached. But the 10-year-old, yes. I noticed, still has some loyalty binds. I, mine was nine. Yeah. He's 11 now, so we've been together two years. And uh, the one that was five when I came in is seven, and we're really connected. That's same. Yeah. The we're girl, like, middle one's a girl, and she is just, like, attached to me at the hip. Yep, yeah. Yep. It really bothers him if I don't. If I take space, he'll. I can tell he'll start kind of acting uh, different towards me until I like go, like to spend time with them and then he like loves it opens up a little yeah yeah, yeah. but the the 11 year old where he I love him but he definitely has you know his distance because I mm-hmm. feel like he feels like a, a responsibility to his mom oh, interesting to maybe yeah. not get too close mm. yeah Pro- I yeah that's interesting the oldest 10 he yeah he just says his own thing he's like a teenager already that's how I feel I'm about like you're only 10 yeah I yeah, he wouldn't He know. goes off on his own. He doesn't care. He's not around a lot. <laughs> We're always like, come watch a movie with us. Come hang out with us. And he's like, I'm <laughs> playing video games. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what an artist wants yeah. to do. So that's good to know. I was like, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. 
I love that this intro has turned into like a little counselling session. Yeah. Nobody's <laughs> here anymore. They, what, we've lost them. No, all. that's like, what, I thought this was about this. <laughs> that's what people listen for. This I is like it. therapy for me. Aww. Like often it's me just gibbering about this shit. But yeah. now that I've got two other people like sharing their problems and yeah, we've issues. Gone way off. <laughs> way off. That's all right. <laughs> hey, that's, that's the beauty of discussion, right? That's why it's one of the reasons I think I'm going to go way off on a tangent here. Do it. But with the news cycle that we have now, everything's short form interviews right so it's you have three minutes to talk about this topic go and then they don't get all of their point across they say something that's misconstrued and all of a sudden they're a villain and they're Mm. hated and it's like but the way rogan does it the way i hopefully do it here is we can talk about anything like this is where we're going to start and we're going to go where we go get it off your chest say what you want to say whether it's controversial or clean or whatever sure but be yourself and let's have a good discussion and i think that's what people crave because they don't get it mm-hmm. enough and a lot of people don't get it in their life at all mm-hmm. like i know couples that don't talk about this shit which is i look at them i'm like how the fuck are you two still together <laughs> i can't imagine that yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty open yeah so but we all know those couples right we we see like we're kind of confused how are they together why are they together like do you guys even like each other (laughs) i get that you care about each other but do you like each other right um and then the same couples that's usually they they self-medicate with alcohol to bring it back to what you talked about Mm -hmm. drinking at home where you go over and it's like hey do you want to drink and i'm like i thought we were just here to play cards or hang out or barbecue like why are we drinking yeah like what's what's the end game here (laughs) i know i think it yeah Definitely. Drew's like that, where he's not, um, he drank, you know, in the past, and then he kind of got over it. He dated somebody who drank quite a bit, and mm-hmm. it just got a bad taste in his mouth over it. So when I went on my first date, well, we were going as friends, but when I saw he could show up, and that's what makes it nice for me to go to bars, I'll watch people, and I'm like, do they have to drink to feel like themselves? And if they do, they're not for me. You know, that's yeah. not who I want to be around, because I want to know the real person. Yeah. And what I've learned is that even when you pick up one drink or one substance, the first thing you numb is like that that true self, right? So that's what separates us from the gorillas and the animals that you're talking mm-hmm. about. And so that's the person that I don't care if they do drink, but if they have to do it every time I'm with them in order to let go or experience life, I'm not interested. Yeah, you're not being authentic. It's scary. It's scary to be it is. authentic and Drew And Drew was actually, he was shocked. He said, you know, I've never been to Nashville North without having a few beers. He had Red Bulls. I love caffeine and stuff like that, but he had the best time. He was able to meet me where I was. We had an, an incredible time, and then we ended up dating, and so we tried a lot of new things sober. That's awesome. <laughs> Good for you guys. I'd been cool. doing it, but yeah, I was, well, I guess, no, I tried some new things with him <laughs> sober. Part of me wishes <laughs> I'd met you in your younger days and got oh. to do shots and stuff with you, because I think it would have been a blast No. when I was doing it, um, no. but now that, like... <laughs> I was at Zola last weekend and I was looking around and I see people doing shots and I'm like, nah, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Like that culture now. And it's not judging. I think everybody, if they can do it in moderation and they're not going to be addicts, should do it and have fun and get all that out of your absolutely, system young. Yeah. Like young absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Like have the fun. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you can pull yourself out of it. And the ones I worry about the most are the career bartenders, the people mm-hmm. that are my age. So I'm 40, I turned 40 in September. Um, and they're still attending bar because they've done their degree and they've got their master's degree, mm-hmm. but they can't replace the 70 or 80 grand a year they make bartending. Sure. But then you point out to them, yeah, but you make $600 here, you get mm-hmm. off at 11 and you stay out until two and you give 200 of it back. <laughs> 
It's definitely <laughs> robbed me, I would say. Yeah. Like, anytime I wanted to take a journey, I would always find myself choosing alcohol over that journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would take me off course really mm-hmm. quick. Yeah, yes. it can. And I'm a very driven woman, and I have a shit ton of willpower, but as an alcoholic, that's a liability. Yeah, that's a really good way to put that. Yeah, it's, it's a like kryptonite. Willpower will kill you or kill me yeah. I would say like but anywhere else I can exercise my willpower tremendously but with drugs and alcohol or you know I wasn't having into drugs but anything like sugar you know even caffeine if you were to tell me Rachel you can never drink coffee for the rest of your life I'd be super sad and depressed Same. <laughs> like, I'm so addicted to caffeine Same, me it just too. happens it doesn't create wreckage yeah yeah right. okay. drugs terrify me and I don't know if it was just the way I was raised or whatever it may even just be that I am super like you I am super structured and dedicated mm-hmm. so I, I have never even smoked a joint like really I've never never tried weed life. I've never put anything on my nose I don't like taking ibuprofen or aspirin or anything yeah. like when I had my surgery on my arm they prescribed me all these oxys and I'm like I ain't taking them I feel like <laughs> shit when I take them so there's a I have like little angel and demon uh-huh. on my shoulders and part of me is like, you should just try it. Because now it's, it's, I mean, nootropics and psychedelics and all this shit has been more normalized. Like people are like, yeah, do acid. It's not acid anymore, but it's mm-hmm. um, it's all these different um, psychedelics. Do we try this? And I'm like, I'm terrified because if I like it, I'll be right. all in. I don't think <laughs> I have an addictive personality, but then I hear these stories about like heroin and fentanyl and all of this. And it's like, the reason people get addicted is the first time it's so good you can never get back to it mm-hmm. and I would be the guy that's like well I'm going to challenge accepted I will get back there um, not because I was addicted just because I wanted to recreate yeah yeah. Um, so I've never done it and I don't know where I was going with that to say other than just like it's become so normalised now for people to be like hey it's okay if you drink it's okay if you take drugs it's a, and it's like, but is it? It's got to be on a case-by-case basis. And you have to know yourself first, right? Mm-hmm. Like You have to know your limits. You learned your limits over and over and over again until yeah. it was such a detriment that you had to cut it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still had a job and yeah. I still had a marriage and I still had, I wasn't in prison, which I probably should have been. I drank and drove so many times, but um, thank God I never killed anybody. You know, that's yeah. the only thing I can think because I always tell people, nobody wakes up and thinks, man, I'm going to go kill a family today. We yeah. get behind the wheel of a car, drunk, a true drunk, like when they're blacked out. Th- I, there's not one time I've drunk a drive that I can remember making a choice to do that. I just did. Mm-hmm. And it was like being out of my mind, right? So I hope my mom isn't listening to this um, when this goes live. I drove home one night in Chicago and I had a really nice car. And I drove home in Chicago, got pulled over, and I passed the field sobriety test. And I got back in the car and had two friends in the car. And I was, I banged my head on the steering wheel. I'm like, what is wrong with you? You just, and I was like, I'm, I don't know how I passed that test. Wow. I'm like, I'm shit canned. <laughs> and I pulled around the corner, parked the car and called a cab. Like when I say pulled around the corner, it was like 20 yards. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not driving home. See, I was never in and a it, position to even choose that when I would do it. It changed my life. Like I That's was, awesome. abs, I, I don't know if he knew I was drunk mm-hmm. and I was pretty involved in the soccer community. He might have known me. I didn't recognize him. This was in Chicago, like Naperville area, but there was no way on earth that I should have passed that field sobriety test. And if I had blown, I'd have been in jail. I'd have had no driver's license. Wow. Probably been deported because it was before Crazy. I had my green card. Oh, Crazy. Shit. <laughs> 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 I had bye, a visa. bye, Steven. <laughs> so, 
but yeah I, I think back on that because you mentioned it mm-hmm. same thing it's yeah I, I probably should have got I, I wish I would say the difference between your story and my story is I would wake up and be like how the hell did I get home mm-hmm. there was no point at which I would have even remembered getting pulled over yeah blacked out driving yeah scary yeah you terrifying and I could, couldn't even remember like picking up my keys to go you call them brownouts, and maybe that's why I don't really get shit canned anymore because yeah. I don't black out or brown out. I remember everything. I remember all the obnoxious things I say. Oh God, I probably would have quit right um, away. <laughs> and I'm g- I'm good fun. I mean, I don't change much in terms of the way. I just know that I become more obnoxious. I become more. I think people think I'm fun. Like yeah. they think my personality did not come alive until I got sober. Yeah. My per- I would be whoever you wanted me to be. Oh, everybody I love to hear that though. That's beautiful. Yeah, right? everybody thought like today I'm known for. I get it all the time like, "Man, Rachel, you just don't give a fuck what everybody thinks. You just do your own thing and mm. I love that about you and you're really authentic." That was not me at 27. Me at 27, I was li- I would listen to what you like and then I would start trying to be that for you. Mm. Um, because I would just be a chameleon mm-hmm. and I wouldn't talk about my life. I would hide things, all kinds of stuff because I didn't want people knowing who I really was. Yeah. Cuz I was afraid they would reject me that's probably why you were drinking yes it was all right. fear driven all mm-hmm. it wasn't for you know i would say it was for fun but really it was just to make this dread of life go away i didn't want to face life on life's terms and i did not know how to cope with it yeah mm. i would go to bed sick to my stomach most nights not wanting tomorrow to come like it was pretty dark and people you know I, I, it's funny when i hear like oh no it was it w- did not bring out my best self um there was nothing fun about it it was surviving for me it was just surviving this life. We would have either effed or effed. What? You and I, if we were drunk together, we'd have effed or effed. Effed or effed. Probably that's, the second half. That's, <laughs> that, that's your phrase. I'm just uh, going to go with it. I probably would have triggered something. And I'd be like, what the hell did you just say? I was like ready to roll. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So you two have to promise me something. Yeah. I'm leaving in 10 days. Today is December 10th you got to stay in touch. Like, I think you two can help each other. I can, I can, I like her. Communicate. I like you too. I can tell. (laughs) I like you too. (laughs) (laughs) I like beautiful women that are beautiful on the inside. And you you. can tell that you carry that about your, your realness and authenticity. I hope you don't walk away from this. That's my one wish for you and feel bad about anything you shared or like, was it too much? I think you gave a lot of people, um, really good things to reflect on and I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. The fact that you're even in the question about what you're up to is a good sense of self-awareness. And 27-year-old Rachel would have never talked about that truly and honestly about her drinking. She would have She would have said, what should I say in this situation? What wouldn't come across as strange? 13 years mm-hmm. ago, 27-year-old Stephen was <laughs> fun. But, yeah, I don't think I had that level of self-awareness. At it's such a great years. age. It's yeah. such a great age. You're at a, like a, you're at a crossing, you know, where it's like you get to make some big choices. I think 27, 34ish, and definitely 40s. It's like every seven years you get an opportunity to choose a way of life that you want to set out for, and I would say definitely challenge yourself. Yeah, I, I've been. Yeah, I mean, even just from last year, I'm a completely different. That's awesome. Person, so. And environment is powerful. I've been saying yes to everything. That's why I'm oh, here. I love so it. Helps, yeah. I just told somebody <laughs> that whenever I get asked to speak or do anything, I'm like, yep. Even if I don't want to, even if it's scary, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like, I say yes to everything it. until you learn the power of no, though. Okay. Because there's going to be Boundaries. a time where you say yes to something and regret it, and you're going to be like, okay, so now this is what fills my cup. It's the same thing. It's like, does this give me pleasure or does this bring me anxiety? Mm-hmm. And I've learned. 
I say yes to a lot, but I say no to just as much. And but I think it's a rite of passage where you say yes to everything until you learn what to say no mm. to. So keep doing that. It's a it's a it's a pathway. It's a journey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would absolutely say that. And um, there's one thing it can be like going forward with whatever organization you decide to go for, make something, I got asked advice from a woman who actually won her novice in the last um, show that was out at the casino. And she looked phenomenal. She looked great. She won the novice and she said, do you have any any advice for me as I go up on stage this week? And I said, pick other things to win at than just winning number one. What would be success? Like I could connect with five new women. I could be fully present and have fun. Uh, anything else you can focus on, make, make it more about the first place. Okay. Uh, make the wins big. Like, what, what are your heart's desire? What lights you up in life? Is it connecting with others? Is it fun? Is it adventure? Um, would it be to remember everything that happened on stage because you like to be fully present in your life? So that's my biggest advice. And I told her, you know, um, learn how to transform your fear into excitement starting now. So anytime you get afraid, say, I'm so excited to do this. Right, anytime you experience fear, you just transform it into excitement. And when you get up on that stage is what happened with me. I was so excited to get up there and do it. I didn't black out like some women did on stage. We're like, I don't remember anything that happened. I was all there 100 percent. And I met five new women. And those were things that I set so that I came home because it's so subjective based off the judges. Like you could come in with a perfect package. You could get enhanced or non-enhanced and you can come in there looking dynamite. But if the judges are seeing something different or what their vision of beauty is, it's so there's no one right formula. So it's right. based off who's judging even. Yeah. So if you get too attached to that number one thing, you're going to ruin the beauty of competing, which is actually quite a bit of fun just to connect with others and to challenge yourself and to grow. There's lots of ways to win. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for yeah. that. I needed to hear that. That's a, that's a metaphor for life as well. Like set other goals other than just money. Uh -huh. Set other goals other than just mm -hmm. having this job. Well, think married, about it. Think about something you chased down and you got it, right? You won the race. You, mm -hmm. you got the money. Have you ever felt that feeling of like, this is it? Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the whole infinite game thing, right? It's like, look, if, if this is the game you're playing and it's one objective and these are the rules, Simon Sinek talks about it, but yeah, the infinite game versus the, the finite game. If you're playing the finite game, you will reach that goal and you're going to look around and go, okay, now what? Now what, yeah. Yeah. And make a career of it. You know, if you like your first show, then make up your mind. We can't tell you which show to do and which not to do. Mm -hmm. we, I, I guess what we're, I guess you would probably be on the same page <laughs> of just know your body, know what you're going to call it, mm -hmm. where are you willing to compromise. And like I said, my best filter to run any of my choices through were, could I ask another female to do this? Would I ask another female to do this? And if I couldn't, I got no business doing it to myself because I'm a female and I'm just as important as anybody else on this earth. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I need to have my back. Mm -hmm and take care of myself today. I love that. And I yeah. do the same thing, but slightly different in that I don't say, would I tell another female to do this? I'm, I would say, if I saw someone else doing this, would it concern me? Mm, that's a good way to run it through too. Yeah. So yeah. But I think you'll crush it. Any organization yeah. you go into, you know, definitely. Yep. You have the beauty and the physique and yeah. And you don't have, yeah, you're really close to already competing. So I think you're going to have a good time. A few months, but yeah. Yeah, yeah mine of, starts in January. Presence. Yeah. Presence is everything. Posing. Make sure you practice posing yeah, no matter what organization you go into. So many girls in the WBFF, my competition didn't even practice. I just paid a guy $1,000 out of Africa to do my posing with me because wow. I'm going up against the pros now. Mm -hmm. I was my first show, so I felt like the little JV kid. And they're like, it was fun to win it, but I was also like, oh, crap. Now I got to go against the girls that have been up there 
the veterans. Um, and my posing, I could look back on video and pictures and be like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> not good, not good. <laughs> this isn't going to work. I, yeah, I, I want to look more into what you're doing because that seems. I have extra bikinis. Those can cost, you know, quite a bit of money because it's, you know, they're pretty fancy. So I have extra bikinis. I have an extra evening gown. Um, so any girl, I'll just put that out there on your podcast that's local in Spokane that wanted to do WBFF that's concerned about the cost of, like, bikinis and stuff like I'm totally willing to let them just use it you know that's like I so wouldn't nice. even rent it. yeah thank you yeah are there any local shows or do you have to travel to do this you pretty much have to travel it's in big shows only so the the one I'm going to do is an international pro-am and it's normally in LA but they moved it to Orlando Florida so that it won't get canceled um they're going to have them in Australia you're going to be in Florida I'm going to go see Brazil <laughs> the world's I think is probably is it going to be no I think uh, Bahamas you can go to Bahamas and do it <sighs> So it's really kind of like a destination place. Some of the smaller Better shows. Better than Northern Quest, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the amateur <laughs> shows. Like my first one was in Tempe, Arizona. So it wasn't big, you know, but it was like, and there's different regions and different people that run them in the different regions. Okay. Um, and a lot of people do both. So until just know this, say you decided to do MPC. And until you get your pro card, you can do whatever you want. You can go to WBFF. Um, but now as a WBFF pro, once you get your pro card, I'll lose my pro card if I go compete in MPC or IFBB. Ah. Same thing with IFBB and MPC. Once you get your pro card, they don't want you to go to another organization. So you'll lose it um, if you do. So you got to be ready to, like, I know girls that have won their pro in WBFF and then they wanted to do MPC. And I'll say this as much. I feel like they totally compromised their body composition. I feel like once was, like, a smoke show thoroughbred. Mm. Now she's Miss Olympia in her, and I'm like, Bleh. <laughs> it's that's immediate. <laughs> nope, you lost it. Like we went too far. Now yeah, it's grotesque. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. There's a uh, there's videos online, and if you've not seen them, I'm going to send them to you now. Uh huh. But it's a couple, and every time the wife hears someone going, <laughs> she starts physically <laughs> using it. Yes. Like she's she's like a sympathetic vomiter. Yeah. So this guy will walk in and he'll have the video going. She's like, don't. And he's like, how are you doing today? <laughs> and she just starts like stop, and then. Like she can stop for a while, but then literally her whole body just, it's oh hilarious. I'm going to find them and send them to you because <laughs> you just made me think of it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you both. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I appreciate you. it. Do you have anything to add? I felt like I talked. Um, where are you going from here then? What would you say? What, were you, what are your takeaways and where are you going from here? Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> On where the spot. I, I don't know. Um. I'm definitely not gonna ever like do any extremes with any of this. Um, I guess I didn't realize how prevalent it was in in this whole comp competing world, but I don't know. I don't know how to answer this question. <laughs> well, I just am gonna stay true to me and do this t for me and compete for me. I love and that. And if I win, that's awesome. But um, yeah. I don't want to do it. You could totally too take it. Yeah, you could. It, it's going to be local here. Yeah, there's one in April nice. at the convention center. I think. Nice. I think. Oh, they moved don't back to the that. convention center. I thought well, they were they doing them at Quest. They do. They do the one in fall um, mm -hmm. at Quest, and then the one in spring at the convention center. I think center. you do really well. Mm -hmm. And I think most of the women that are new always show up really beautiful. Like everybody that I know that was a novice this past year that went out to the casino, I thought they looked phenomenal. I did too. It's just I as it there. levels up, when you watch the pro status, mm -hmm. that's where you're heading. So you need to look forward to, like, what does it look like to be pro? Yeah. Hmm. 
that's what I would look at. Who's your champions? Yeah, because you said to me, one and done. You just want to do it oh. to experience yeah, it. Yeah, right? but it's like the more I get into it, the more I'm like, oh no, like. <laughs> I would love to get my pro. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it you goes. might do it and hate it. I love glitz and glamour. I love a, being a performer. I just eat that stuff up. So it's really about the personality stuff too. If it, yeah. if it lights you up for that, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be so thin. My boyfriend is not gonna like that. So we'll see how far <laughs> he take likes this. a full body woman. Yeah, he's a like man. eat a burger. That's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand men that don't like if like uh. curves. Like I've, I've had men like yeah I'm not gonna name names but definitely one that wanted me to have cardio mm -hmm. body which I'm like well, no I, I have a friend who and I'm gonna quote him I'm not gonna say his name but he basically says yeah if they look like they have an eating disorder I'm interested yeah mm. that's a thing and so the beauty is in the eye of the beholder too yeah. but biologically an evolutional biologist will tell you this biologically we're pre-programmed as men mm-hmm to look at curves and think that's the person I want to be with because it's something to do with nature that we look at curves and think they can we can procreate we can yeah. make a baby carry babies hold yeah. a that baby girl's yeah fertile yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much that's very true though it is it ingrained is. Yeah. in our and in women our tend to like bigger men than them because mm -hmm. for protection mm -hmm. yeah well there's there's more to that as well like we could talk for I feel like I we could talk for hours I'm and hours shut up. but there's um there's also <laughs> women are pre-programmed to understand that look men can end your life at any point yeah you're supposed to, it, it's such this weird duality that mm -hmm. you're attracted to us mm -hmm. but at the same time we're more powerful we can kill you we can overpower you we can do all these horrible things right and you hear about what men do and it's I'm not laughing so, at that, but I'm thinking about yeah. Yorkie. I'm like, that's why he partners with me. He's like, I'm going with this badass. <laughs> but yeah. She could kill me, but she also has my back. <laughs> but I, I think a lot of men, at least the insecure men and the men that don't necessarily think about things from other people's, especially other women's point of view, yeah. like they don't realize that. Like, of course women should be scared of you. Mm -hmm. Of course they should. Because yeah. you can do pretty much what you want when you want. Mm -hmm. So, sorry, that went to a dark But I think there, women have a retaliation <laughs> mode that would determine, so you better kill her. That's you it. You better That's make sure I'm she saying. doesn't get back up. That's what I would say about me. <laughs> Don't let me get back up if you're going to mess with me, because <laughs> it's on. <laughs> I, I'm a good, resentful little drunk, and it will come right back to me I, I could real quick. That. I could see you holding a grudge. Oh, I'm. That's my. Drew lets everything go, and I'm like, how the hell do you do that? And all my work is like letting go of resentment. So yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Cool. Like I said, appreciate you both. Glad that you threw that extra question in there. Um, where can people find you, Rachel, if they want to find you? www.rachelrawley.me. Dot me. That's awesome. M E me. And Instagram. Uh, I think it's Rachel Ann Raleigh. Yeah, yeah. it is. Kaylin, can you take any more massage clients? Are you? No. Okay, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> she doesn't want you to find her. <laughs> Don't find <laughs> But when I'm a personal trainer, come find me. There, there we, we go. go. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, all right. Thank you guys for listening. If you can rate, review, share, do all that fun stuff, that's how the algorithm picks stuff up and gets new people to find the podcast. And until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. <laughs>